0: get your sugar sugar postpartum deodorant now at postpartumdeodorant.com and start smelling more like yourself again. Pregnancy and postpartum are some of the most nutritionally demanding times of your life, which makes sense because you're basically acting as your baby's pantry while pregnant or nursing. That's why the quality of your prenatal supplements is so vitally important. Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today's birth story is with Alana Lashak, who went from not knowing anything about birth and considering a scheduled cesarean to preparing for and having an unmedicated birth. Alana had a flowing and empowering hospital birth fueled by her confidence, the support of her team, and even a little dose of virtual reality. Stay tuned. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents-to-be. Thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. I really appreciate it. And also for telling your friends, your family, and even sharing about it on your social media feeds. I truly do appreciate it. If you happen to share it on Instagram, make sure to add the hashtag birthful or birthful podcast so I can see it and give it some love. All right, let's get right to it, shall we? Welcome, Alona. It's so great to have you here on the show. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Yeah. And before we get into your story and the details, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, Well, um, I'm a um, 34-year-old
1: Russian-born girl who came to this country six years ago to study um, the business, and I was interested in the entertainment industry, so I uh, came here to study, and eventually I stayed here. I found I found my love love of my life here, uh, and uh, we now have a little boy, and we live in Los Angeles.
0: Fantastic. Well, congratulations on that fabulous like, switch of life in six years, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and we are going to be hopefully talking with Adam a bit later for the extra content of the show, so I'm excited to get Dads don't usually want to come on the show too much, too many times, and I really love getting their input, so I'm excited about talking with him. Oh, you, you will be—you will be pleased. <laughs> yeah. So let's take you back. Your son, as you were telling me, is ten—is ten months old now. Let's yes. go back to you know, um, almost a year and a half when you first were thinking about pregnancy or finding out you were pregnant what how did this all start and how did you prepare and what were your wishes for birth at that time
1: well um i just want to go a little bit further before before that moment so before even i got pregnant you know um i had a lot of friends who had uh babies who had um who had gone through the whole process and then um i've heard a lot of stories and people at the time when I didn't even think about getting pregnant, um, people would tell me a lot of, you know, these fears of pain and uh, how easy it is to schedule a c section. And started, and I was to myself thinking, oh, when the time comes, it's actually easy. And the medicine is so progressed right now that you can pick a date and just go in and do it. Um, so, and at the time when we started to think about having a child, you know, I started talking closer to different people and listening to their stories. And I am so glad that I met a couple of friends who went with unmedicated birth experience and they told me about all the benefits of it. So I started to do the research even before. I got pregnant you know I started I signed up for your podcast uh I remember I uh listened to the one of the first episodes I listened to was was Gail Hart uh about due dates um and that was just fascinating to me to learn all this uh information that was out there and I never came across it so that was uh very you know It it was a good learning experience. And then when I found out I was pregnant, um, I was sure that I would like to do an unmedicated birth. Um, I talked to my OB at the time and um, to kind of go back a little bit in time. I had a complication for my pregnancy um, that was not a serious complication but uh, it was a medical history i had a history of blood clots in 2015 and um my doctor at the time my ob told me that you know you will have during the whole pregnancy because you are and for listeners who don't know what it is so it's a very serious condition but i have been healed through this but i'm still considered a, a high risk for blood clots again and pregnancy because of the all hormones is a you know is a high risk for um, returning blood clots so for my whole pregnancy i had to take blood thinners and my OB at the time told me that i was a high risk and that was a probably i was a good candidate for a c-section for a scheduled one around 38 weeks um, and that was the moment for me when I was like, uh, huh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> how can I, how can I change that? And that was the moment when I started looking around and talking, uh, to people who did uh, unmedicated births. And uh, I wanted to find the resources out there to do what I really wanted to do. So I went on the forum, uh, it was, I think I just Googled it, um, doctors who support unmedicated births in Los Angeles. And one of the doctors came up and I called and I made an appointment and I came and I brought all my <laughs> medical history and I said, "Here, this is what I have. Can I have an unmedicated birth?" And he looked at me and said, if everything is fine and there are no complications, you can definitely have it. And I'm against scheduled C-sections for those reasons. So you are, you just, he told me that I would just need to switch the medication around 37 weeks to the one that kind of gets out of your system faster. And that, that's it. (laughs) So, uh,
0: And and that's. Uh, let me ask you a question do you when you got that feedback from your first your original OB um did and you decided you were like huh I don't want this did you talk to your OB about that did you get any feedback from them at that time or did you say that's a Um, red flag I'm walking away
1: that was a red flag for me but I asked asked her and I said um wait I want to do unmedicated is there any option and she said of course I know a lot of doulas I can recommend you one but the look on her face couldn't kind of you know you can see when the person says one thing but they mean another I don't know I I had just that feeling that I'm I knew that even if we kind of plan for this she will recommend or push for c-section I don't know I had this like I cannot prove it but I had this feeling that that's how it would end
0: Mm. And I'm going to link on the show notes uh, along with the episode on, uh, from Gail Hart that you mentioned. I'm going to link the episode with Robin Elise Weiss on choosing a care provider uh, because you saying that just reminded me of something that she talks about, which is the difference between a provider that is tolerant of your wishes against the uh, provider that is supportive of your wishes and it seems like that's what you were reading on their face like that was the feeling you were getting that they were going to be tolerant of your wishes but not necessarily supportive
1: correct (laughs) that's what that's that's exactly what they felt
0: yeah Um, and so you switched to this the new doctor and they said all we need to do yes you can do it and all we need to do is switch the the medications at 37 weeks so then then What else did you, you had that in place. What else did you do to prepare?
1: Well, um, one of the big things to prepare was to make sure that my husband will be with me because it was very important for me to have him with me at the birth and um, to convince him to hire a doula because at the beginning he was, um, why do you need a doula? (laughs) I will be there. Uh, but no let me start at first he wasn't sure he wanted to be there okay and he switched to the point when he said you know I will be standing by your kind of head and just hold your hand um, and then you know it kind of ended up I mean, and I and I had to explain to him how it's not how you see it in films and it's not that I will be just laying there all the time and you will be standing there Um, so I had to do all this, uh, education to him and explain why do we need a doula? Uh, and then we, early on, I think I was around maybe 14 weeks, uh, pregnant. We started looking for doulas and we, um, at the time we were, we interviewed, we scheduled six interviews with six different doulas. That is a lot, Alona. (laughs) It's a lot but you know what we hired our fifth one and we we canceled the sixth one but it's not that the previous four were bad but to me it was very important to have the feeling that this is the right person and has the right energy and it was mutual and you know my husband felt the same way so i think we did the right choice maybe yeah. You know, you can say you wasted someone's time, but I was very, you know, I sent the thank you notes and I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> there is. There's...
0: Oh, and I, I didn't mean that. No, I think you did exactly the right thing because you have to find the the one that's the perfect fit for you. Yeah. Um. And, and until you find that, you keep looking for sure. Um. I just I'm thinking of trying to schedule six interviews and thinking that's a lot of work for you not for the doulas, doulas, we do interviews, but for you, that's a lot of people too. Did you do mostly face-to-face interviews or did you do phone interviews as well? No,
1: they were all face-to-face. We met them uh, at the coffee shop next to our house. Uh, and, you know, it was also informational. We learned a lot from them and we saw what, mm-hmm. what they were saying, what they were sharing, what was their experiences. And I think it was a lot of, you know, I did a lot of, reading and um, my husband is more kind of a visual guy and uh, he's a good listener so if you tell him the story and especially if it's not coming from me uh, but from someone else he learns better and he remembers things uh, better than just reading a book or something so that was important for me as well to get him to all these people who have all this experience that we don't yeah
0: yeah did you guys take a childbirth education class also for that?
1: Yes, we did. We took uh, a childbirth education class. It was a class led by a doula. So it was a what a seventh doula we met. Uh, <laughs> so yes, it was um, the class over three weekends. Um, and at first he was, you know, kind of, wow, oh, my God, this is weekends. There's three weekends in the summer. But you know he loved it and we we loved it learning all this information for me since i did all the research and i read the books there was not as as much incremental information there but for him it was very visual and it was very good experience that actually helped in birth um and uh I don't know if you want to, if you want me to get to this to the point when I tell the story of my birth or I can tell you now. But he essentially used all these techniques and all this knowledge that he learned during the labor. And it was just fascinating to me.
0: Yay! Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, no, I'll let's talk about it when you when during the labor when we get to that part. And I might ask him about it also when I talk to him later. Um, Let's take a quick break right now before you get into the story. And when we come back, let's do that. Let's, let's, you know, tell me how it all started. We'll be right back. And we are back. So Alona, talking about your birth story. How did it? How did you even know? labor was starting or did you know how did it begin
1: (laughs) so that's a funny story um my due date was october 1st and 2018 and my husband's birthday was the week before september 24 um and we made you know kind of first child will probably go and i had an arrangement with my doctor that if everything's fine i can go to 42 weeks so I can wait. Everything is going according to the plan. I was enjoying my pregnancy. And then uh, we had plans uh, with my husband to take him out to a fancy restaurant in Los Angeles that I made reservation three months before. <laughs> um, and it was his, the eve of his birthday on September 23rd. Uh, we waited till midnight. I wished him happy birthday. We went to bed. And 10 minutes after midnight, my water broke. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes. So, oh. and that's how it started. And I was, I kind of got up off ba- from my bed and I was a little bit confused. And I said, you know, I'm not sure whether my water broke or I just peed myself. So, and I remember him getting up from his side of the bed, coming to me and saying, of course your water broke it's my birthday (laughs) right (laughs) he didn't want it to happen on his birthday so but he came up and he started doing exactly what they taught us at class he started you know checking the liquid whether how whether it smelled what was the color and he's like yeah that's that's your water your water broke (laughs) so what do we do and i said wait let's wait for contractions so, we um, I had a birthing ball which was super helpful for me, and I kind of was uh moving and uh, you know, sitting on the burst ball. But it was uh, my contractions started within 30 minutes after my water broke, and they were very kind of slow going, and it wasn't you know, we just were laughing and joking around, um, and I, I didn't I don't even remember how time passed. It was flying so quickly, so at some point we decided to call my doula uh we called my doula and she didn't pick up so that was the moment when you know you would kind of be upset or nervous um. But it was a technical issue, so we figured out later. It all worked out fine, and, you know, this happens. My doula was amazing during birth. So, And I know at the time when we called her, it wouldn't be – like she wouldn't be able to come anyway because I was too early anyways.
0: Mm -hmm. So Uh, tell me a little bit more like what you said contractions had started when you called your doula. Were they, do you have a sense of how far apart they were or could you talk and walk through them? Were they making you stop?
1: I could, I could still talk and walk through them. So I think we would just call in because we just wanted to make sure she's aware that is happening and she's ready, you know. And as a doula,
0: I totally appreciate that because I ask my clients, please just give me a heads up, right? Even if it's too early. Um, yeah, so we, we wanted to do that. Yeah. Did you call her again? What, what, what was going yeah,
1: on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it just the funny thing is we joked with her about giving birth on my husband's birthday. And she was like, yes, I, I have everything ready. And she accidentally turned off her sound on the phone. Uh, she was very and I I don't want to focus too much on that because you know it's I I think it's absolutely I understand it's crucial for this uh, for this um, uh, profession but it's it's a human mistake we're all human and I don't hold any grudge because she was amazing when during the whole labor when she came and um, so yeah, it's just go. yeah, it's it's, it's an important story. Just to kind of, sometimes you plan everything, and it doesn't work out exactly how you planned, and you just have to be calm and go on with what's happening and do not focus on that, because mm-hmm. we we had bigger fish to fry, right? <laughs> right.
0: So she didn't pick up on that. Didn't you guys figured out how not to lose your focus and you kept going
1: yeah we just kept going and um around 5 we 5 a.m we decided uh, when it kind of started to pick up uh we decided to call the doctor and talk to him uh because the plan was to labor at home as long as as possible um we called the doctor and he said you know if you, you are totally fine to labor at home if you feel fine if you're not worried have you felt the baby and that was the moment when i was i don't remember feeling the baby since the water broke and that made me very nervous and he said if you but he was very kind of if you're fine if you are not worried you can still be at home but if you're worried and you want to be checked go to hospital i will meet you there it will be fine and that was the moment when I said, you know what, let's go to hospital. I want to be checked. So we packed, we went to hospital. And um, uh, once we arrived there, it was around 6, 6.30. Uh, I remember in the car, I, it took us 30 minutes to get there. And I had six contractions. Um, so I knew that it's moving. We got there, uh, and this is when I started feeling kind of I couldn't talk through them anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we got into hospital. Upon arrival, our doula called. She apologized, and uh, she was—you could tell when she <laughs> she was there. She was very, very sorry, and like she was. She when she came there, um, she was super helpful, and I was so glad she was there. Um, she, you know, I kind of, all this level of anxiety kind of went away. Um, so we came in and they checked me and I was four centimeters dilated. So the hospital suggested the nurses and we had the midwife too there. They suggested that we stay. The doctor said, if you want to go back, you can go back. But I felt I don't want to leave anymore. So I decided we decided to stay in. Uh, in. Um, and we got pretty quickly admitted to the labor room. And it all started. And, you know, I just want to highlight one thing for especially new moms who are just doing it for the first time. There is a lot of noise out there. And I've heard a lot of things... From people around, you know, when I was pregnant, people saying, like, hey, epidural is your best friend, or, you know, just one person even told me something like, oh, you know, you're going to go with your like natural plan and go to 42 weeks and then you won't have your baby and they will have to induce you and you will end up in C section. (laughs) Like stuff like that. You just have to kind of tune it down and not listen, and go with your plan, and especially do not be afraid of this pain that everyone is talking about, because it's like a marathon to me, and from my experience, you know, it kind of gets accelerated, but it is, as long as you're ready, as long as you know why it's happening, you will be fine, so, well, we were in the labor room, and um you know Dula was helping me with all these techniques uh her massages on the back were just life-saving
0: was it um, pressure on your on your lower back
1: yes yeah yes and that was just something magical <laughs> um my husband was there all the time he was very present and To describe this is just to say like I was on a different planet. I felt everything. I was kind of I knew people were there, but I didn't hear the conversation, so I heard something. It was very like different experience. You don't I don't know even how to describe this.
0: (laughs) Mm, You were definitely in labor land. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that was so I tried a lot of those uh, techniques that were suggested on all the books. and one of the books I read was uh, Iname's Guide to Childbirth. Um, so by um, by, a midwife, by the famous midwife. Um, and I highly recommend reading this book and um, it's very insp- inspirational. It's mm-hmm. um, a great book. Um, so I was remembering all this techniques and all this, uh, stories at the beginning of the book, she gives all this, uh, labor stories. So I was, I tried to, to go to the shower, but because we were, I was laboring all, all night, we didn't sleep. I was very tired and the shower made me sleepy. And when you get sleepy, I understood that it kind of slows the labor so I was, no, that's not working for me. And I I should say, you know, the hospital, a lot of people who would like to have unmedicated birth, they're afraid to go into hospital. But I was lucky enough because they created the environment I wanted. There was no, the, no interventions. I didn't even, I asked them not to put IV in. So there was the... They sometimes would come with this um, child heart monitor, check it, and it wasn't on me all the time. I was able to move. I tried so many positions. And one other thing I tried was um, actually um, this hospital had a test for VR experience during labor, (laughs) Uh, virtual reality.
0: Oh, did you try that? Because I saw that... Um, at a donor conference last year for the first time and I was like this is really interesting and I'm curious about it did you try it yes I did how
1: was it so it was um, just the story is that it's still in the test they don't give it to everyone so you have to sign all the consent and stuff so when we arrived the doctor who administers it left So, but I really wanted to try it because, you know, I work in the entertainment industry. (laughs) I want to be able to try this. And so my doula, she was at this Donna conference too and she called someone who actually came up with this and she made it happen. So they brought it to me, but it took a while. So by the time they brought it, I was, I think I was already seven or eight centimeters. It was very intense. And when I tried it on, I think it's really intended to help you during the early stages of labor, because it kind of relaxes you, gets you, but gets you to. Can the point- you,
0: for the listeners, can you describe what it? So you put it on your head, and can you describe what you see and hear, so they get an idea of what it's about? So you put a headset on you,
1: and you um, and there's also head uh, headphone um microphone and um you can see uh, you can hear also the sounds so i think if i remember correctly you can choose different experience there was a person helping out with that and um i picked some fire in the forest there was like a little fireplace and it talks to you very calmly kind of meditational and says look at this fire flames and they're coming out and this like very monotonic uh, voice and it it was very helpful but between contractions. When contraction came and I was pretty far alone in the process, I just couldn't concentrate on looking at the fire and kind of going through contraction. It helped. It kind of guided you breathing. It guided you through the process, but at some point, I was just, "No, please take it off! Take it off! I need to, I need to concentrate on me right now." Mm-hmm. So, how I've, long did you use it for? Do you think, or yeah, mm, I think maybe f- ten minutes, fifteen minutes, something like that. Um, but I wish I got it earlier. Because during the early stages, it would have been really, really helpful. That's mm-hmm. that's my experience. So, um, well, and this is how we. Um, at the, and I was progressing pretty quick. So I told you we got into hospital around six a.m. and then then. There was, you know, labor land happening. Uh, And right now it feels like it was just five minutes. Uh, At the time, it didn't feel this way. But at (laughs) some point, at some point, um, I came up with the, like, chant or something. I was just, and I remember my husband was all the time with me. And at some point he said, you know, I'm really tired. I need to get coffee. Can I step out? And he came back pretty quickly. And at the time, he he told me that he walked in and I'm uh, standing on my knees and pretty much just saying, open, open. <laughs> and I continued saying that, which, you know, sounds weird. But in labor, it was just amazing because I think it helped me so much. I was mm-hmm. just visualizing all this, um, you know, prompts that, The doula used at the class, uh, how, you know, your cervix opens up. And I was just visualizing it. And it was super helpful. Um, And um, at some point I said, you know what, I need to go to the restroom. And that was a magic word for everyone because the whole room started moving so fast. New people came in. It was like a lot of something happening and I said, wait, wait, I just need to go to the restroom and then like she's ready, call the doctor.
0: Who said that? The nurse or the
1: midwife? I I think it was the nurse talking to my um to my doulos. I okay. I just heard the voices. I don't I don't remember who said what. So but- let's
0: let's take this moment to take a break before the room gets full of people. We'll be right back. Diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby. And so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off. But I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com. That's drmombuttbalm.com. Or look for it at amazon.com. Or, like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without 3rd party ads, or unwanted eyes, and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown, and you can also order 8 photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage, plus it's totally free, yup! No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. And we are back. So, Alona, what happened next?
1: So, um, that was the moment. Oh, I forgot to say one important thing. So, with my doula, we came up with the plan that I will have a code word for epidural. So, that was a funny thing because I she kept asking me, what's the word? What's the word? And I couldn't come up with it. And then I finally said, okay, let it be bell pepper because I hate bell pepper. <laughs> I said, if I ever ask for bell pepper, it means I'm in really big trouble. <laughs> so um, I had a code word and then um, around that time when they said she's ready, I think just before that, I called my husband and I said, please call an anesthesiologist. I, I cannot take it anymore. It's really hard. I need an epidural he smiled held my hand and said you didn't say the code word <laughs> and I don't know why I, I guess I, I still had the energy to go but I was I didn't want to say that word I hate bell pepper so much <laughs> and then he said from the class they told us that once you ask for a epidural, you're probably very close. You are probably right there. And if you get it right now, you it probably won't kick in by the time you have a baby. And that's what exactly what he told me. He said, "You're almost there. You're doing great. You're amazing and you you will be fine. You don't need it. You don't want to be on a epidural that kicks in by the time you hold your baby in your hands." And I looked at him and I said, "Okay, I think I can do it." And that was super helpful and it was one of the
0: highlights. Um, and that is such a beautiful moment. Yes, is that what you were referring to earlier? That he, you know, he was listening to the classes and and brought back yes things he learned during the class. Ah, oh, that's such a lovely lovely moment yes
1: that was uh you know i still have tears in my eyes when i think about it Mm. um and then then that um request to go to the restroom happened and then people started moving and then they brought this um i i don't remember how it's called when the warmer for the baby and they started like bringing all the stuff in and i was like wait 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 what's happening people um and it was I was on my side and I I was facing the clock on the wall and it was 4.45 p.m. And they said, call the doctor. And the doctor was in his uh, practice that closes at 5 or whatever. And they they said, call him now. He needs to get here. Um, And then where the pushing stage started. Um, And that was kind of very intense A lot of people do on one side, my husband on another side and um, helping me, kind of holding me, uh, propping me with pillows. And so it was, you know, and then I I don't remember exactly what the time was, but the doctor appeared like literally three minutes before my baby was born. (laughs) He made it, but my husband was ready and he said, I want to catch the baby I want to catch him myself so um, and the doctor came he was I briefly remember how he was quickly putting all this um, gloves on and his clothes on everything was so fast and they didn't expect that to happen that fast so they let me touch the baby's head he was so close and the doctor applied mineral oils that was our agreement before and we talked about it and he usually does it so that was very um i think was very crucial too and then he just helped catch the baby to my husband and he adam pulled him without with his open hands and he's he was everyone was wearing gloves but they told me i don't need to because it's my baby (laughs) so Mm -hmm. he pulled the baby put him on my stomach and his umbilical cord was so short that we couldn't put him higher before my placenta came out and they cut the cord and there was an agreement with the doctor that we won't cut the cord till it stops pulsating and that was another thing that i really wanted to you know have delayed uh, cord clapping and i told my husband I said, please make sure that's your main job. When our son is born, do not let anyone <laughs> cut the cord. Um, and then they waited, they waited. At some point, and what the, I I was in different world. I was just super happy, overwhelmed. And then I hear the doctor saying, "Well, it's done, it's done pulsating." And my husband's like, no, no, I, I can still feel it. I can still feel it. No, doc, we're good. <laughs> so he kept, at first, he was very kind of hesitant about all this, you know, arguing with doctors. But then <laughs> I think he was kind of pushing till it, I think it was pulsating for 15 minutes or whatever it was, but they didn't cut it for a very long time. Uh, and then placenta came out pretty quick. I asked to look at it and it's um, fascinating to see. Um, And I was you know like a new organ that you grow and that kind of helps and protects your baby and I was um, very grateful that everything went fine Um, and that was um, that was the moment and then they cut the cord and the baby immediately latched on and we were a happy family, um, so he was born on 5.27 p.m. on my husband's birthday.
0: Oh my goodness, that's such a good story. What time was your husband born? Now I'm curious, do you know? Uh, I think it was in the morning, but
1: he was born by C-section, and I think it was scheduled, so they tend to schedule it in the morning, I feel like it was morning one but i don't exactly remember i need to ask him that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so at 5:25 you said and yeah 4:45 was when you you also said that they were calling the doctor calling the doctor and you were on your side and starting to push um that's so so how are you feeling now about the whole experience um first of all <laughs> The minute the
1: placenta was out, the pain disappeared or whatever there. I, I cannot even call it pain. I just call it intense feeling. But it disappeared momentarily. I didn't have any tearing. I, you know, the next day I was like, I'm ready to run a marathon. I can do it. And I was so empowered and I feel this day and my husband is kind of joking that they share this birthday and it's their day, but I say it's my day. I was born as a woman. I was so empowered. I feel so strong about what I did. And I think it's, it's just fascinating what our body can do. And, you know, I cannot stop telling people Um, future moms who are afraid and you know tell hear all this you know horror stories that is unbearable our bodies are amazing and you can do it and you know god forbid from the small percentage of complications that sometimes happen and for some reason women cannot go unmedicated but for the for the other ones it's just It's just so uplifting. It gets, you get so much energy. You, you just reborn.
0: Mm. And yeah, I believe everybody should make that choice. That's right for them, but it's from, for them, right? Getting, knowing to make your informed choice means getting the information first so that you know what you're choosing, not just going with the flow. Um, Yes. And once, if you're just doing, choosing things from fear that's not a choice necessarily right uh, i agree it there's such a birth gives you such an opportunity i think to experience something that you'll rarely ever experience again unless you have more kids that it's kind of there for the taking you can decide how you want to approach that experience but i'm so happy that you really informed yourself and went deep and tried to figure out and align things so that you had the support you needed so you could feel all this power and your husband too it seems like him catching the baby he was like yeah now I'm in charge let me don't don't cut that cord and don't do this (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes exactly and you know I think the information is power here and the more you learn uh, you can make any choice whatever suits you right but to to know more is much better than not to know and to be informed about all possible choices and uh one thing i didn't mention is one of the challenges for me was to come up with a birth plan and the birth plan for my unmedicated birth this part was easy because i did all the research and i i knew what i wanted i i wanted you know all these things that i mentioned that happened but the hard part was to come up with the portion when something doesn't go according to the plan and it's better to have that portion um what happens if you go into the or um and who goes with you what happens with the baby and all these things and i kept postponing it to the last moment because I didn't want to even think about the possibility like that because I knew all their kind of side effects of this but you have to be prepared and my doula had she did a great job explaining to me that yes you better have it and think through this and be ready for a possible outcome versus not being ready so that was a big part on the birth plan as well.
0: Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that Um, because yes, it's true. I find that if by any chance birth is happening and something, it it has to go in a way that you weren't prepared for in the moment, it's going to be so, so difficult to, to stay on top of it and catch and not feel like things are happening to you, but to actually feel like even under those circumstances, you're still you are saying, yes, I will do this, you know, and I understand why rather than like being carried away by it. Yeah. But I am so glad you didn't have to use your, that part of your plan. (laughs) Uh, Yes.
1: I, I am. I am also very grateful to, you know, the support system I had to the doctor who was willing to go with, you know, who was very supportive of my wishes um, to the doula and to my husband uh, and all these people made this happen and I wouldn't be able to do it without them
0: mm-hmm. it is teamwork and and the people around you need to follow your lead but also give you that strength so that you can go forward I, I have such a beautiful image in my head of you and your husband and him holding smiling and holding your hands like you described saying you can do this you can do this you're so close
1: Yes, that was, you know, and it was, you can ask him when you talk to him about it. But, you know, his friends advised him not to go into the room at all because they were kind of afraid what how it's going to affect our relationship after. And we believe it just only strengthened it.
0: Mm -hmm. As we get ready to wrap up, what... How was the, that immediate postpartum? You said baby latched on immediately and he started breastfeeding. Did that continue in a good way? You said you were ready to run a marathon the next day. You know, I hope you didn't do that, but...
1: <laughs> how, no, how, I didn't.
0: <laughs> how were those first
1: few weeks? Um, it was great. I, um, he did have a um, tongue tie uh, and they caught it pretty quickly in the hospital. Uh, so they invited the uh, the doctor and they cut it and it was fine and you know I'm still breastfeeding him so it's all worked out. Uh, the first several weeks were different from the life before and you know it was hard in terms of uh, lack of sleep and everything. But it's he's such a joy. He's such a sweet boy and it's just an amazing experience and you know you just go through this and it's just parenthood is fascinating and um and we got lucky we didn't get a spirited baby he's very easy he's very very easy and uh, you know when we talk about it my husband says the reason he's easy is because your pregnancy was um you know stress stress free and he had a natural unmedicated birth experience. <laughs> so he advocates for that now. Um, so we had a couple who just had a baby and he kept like telling them like, you guys should do this.
0: Mm, it seems like both of you had a transformative experience because you were saying that at the beginning, he didn't even want to be in the room. And then he didn't even want to doula, And he would was reluctant to go to the classes. And now he's like, you know, telling people that this is the best thing ever.
1: Yes, that's definitely what it is. And uh, I am just, you know, I'm just grateful that everything worked out for me and um, that it happened the way it was.
0: Yay. Well, thank you so very much for coming on the show today and sharing this beautiful story. I really appreciate it. Of course, I, um, I would like
1: to, I hope it will be helpful for, uh, you know, especially new parents who are just, you know, new moms who just go into this experience and they don't know what to expect. Um, and that some, some people who are hesitant and they don't know what to choose. So I just encourage whatever works for you, works for you, but just do your research and be prepared.
0: Agreed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mighty Ones, find the end of show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the show, send me messages, and more. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Sabrisky. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Oh, and here is what Alana had for breakfast. So I had
1: a coffee and a banana. (laughs) Just brief breakfast, had to drop off my son at the daycare.
0: I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. This episode is copyright 2019 by Adriana Lozada.